I remember when so many practices were against telehealth, vowing that in-person visits were still the best option. There are many medical organizations that also shared this perspective. And then COVID hit. There was no choice but to embrace telehealth. But consumers were also skeptical, trusting they would have far better outcomes if they were in the office talking directly to the provider. This has changed too. Telehealth options have changed how we access care, resulting in better health outcomes, convenience, and affordability. And the bottom line is these options should not go away. But will they? Are you tired of the high cost of healthcare? Are you overwhelmed trying to navigate a complicated healthcare system? Welcome to Get Savvy, demystifying healthcare weekly podcast where we take complicated healthcare topics and make them simple. Imagine if you could stop feeling paralyzed with fear and frustration and instead be empowered to make smart healthcare decisions for you and your family. Get Savvy with your host, Sandy Kibling, a healthcare professional changing how healthcare knowledge is shared. Hello and welcome to episode 14, Telehealth Options Current and Future State. During COVID, these roles were relaxed, but Medicare just came out with the new rules from 2023. We will discuss what this means to you. Today, we'll talk about telehealth, the benefits. We're going to talk about telehealth current state and telehealth future state. Let's get started. Telehealth, the benefits. Comfort and convenience. With telemedicine, you don't have to drive to the doctor's office or clinic, park your car, walk, or sit in a waiting room when you're sick. You can see your doctor from the comfort of your own bed or sofa. Virtual visits can be easier to fit into your busy schedule. With telemedicine, depending on your schedule, you may not even have to take leave time from work or arrange for childcare. A total win if you are trying to get care on your terms. Controlling infectious spread. I recall being on a plane when mask restrictions were beginning to lessen, and in fact, on this particular flight, they were not required. But this person behind me had a hacking cough, and I quickly grabbed my mask and wore it the rest of the flight. On a train commuter, standing in line at the grocery store, I observed the reaction people have to a simple cough or sneeze or sniffle that didn't exist pre-COVID. I get it and appreciate that telehealth options help prevent the spread of COVID, flu, and other infectious diseases. Providers can use telehealth appointments to pre-screen patients for possible infectious disease. It also saves sick people from having to come into the office. Less exposure to other people's germs helps everyone, especially those who are chronically ill, pregnant, elderly, or immunocompromised. Better assessments. Telemedicine can give some specialty practitioners an advantage because they can see you in your home environment. For example, allergists may be able to identify clues in your surroundings that cause allergies. Neurologists and physical and occupational therapists can observe you and assess your ability to navigate and take care of yourself in your home and identify any barriers. In some cases, this can also include having that family member and or caregiver on the call to also assist in asking questions and taking notes for next steps and recommendations from your provider. Telemedicine also allows for connections if family members are out of town or cross country. Telemedicine brings everyone together for the most optimal care. 
primary care, or managing chronic illnesses. Regular visits with primary care practitioners, such as those specializing in family medicine, internal medicine, and pediatrics, are essential to your family's health. Telemedicine makes it easy to connect with a doctor or nurse practitioner. Some systems are set up so that new patients can get an appointment with the next available practitioner, which can save time versus that three-month potential time you'd have to schedule out as a new patient. This is also especially important if you're managing someone with diabetes or high blood pressure. Keeping tabs on these illnesses to avoid a more severe issue resulting in a trip to the ER is essential. Serving the underserved and rural areas. In some cases, people may not have access to transportation or can't drive. Telemedicine allows for them to get the care by using their phone or computer. Rural areas may not have many options for primary or specialty care, or if they do, in most cases, wait times to see a provider can be as long as three months. Telemedicine allows for these individuals to be seen sooner and more frequent appointments to manage a chronic illness and keep individuals healthy. Mental health. Telemedicine allows for more access and timely care. Some individuals don't want to meet face-to-face and feel more comfortable talking or texting someone who can help assess this individual and guide them to the right care. The benefits are key and certainly ones I hope our decision makers keep in mind when they have to make another decision at the end of 2023. Telehealth current state. Before COVID, Medicare primarily covered telehealth services for beneficiaries living in rural areas where there were far fewer medical providers and patients were required to travel to designated sites such as a clinic or a hospital to receive telehealth. Outside of rural areas, Medicare covered only a very limited set of services via telehealth. Now, we all know once a pandemic took over, telehealth services were greatly expanded for all, keeping their access to care as intact as possible amid stay-at-home orders and public fears about contracting COVID. Now, these relaxed orders have stayed in effect, and in fact, recently, Medicare extended these telehealth options through the end of 2023. With new rules implemented, all health professionals who were eligible to bill Medicare could now deliver these services via telehealth, including physical therapists, speech-language pathologists, and occupational therapists. These lenient rules also allow providers to use popular technology platforms like Zoom, FaceTime, or Google Meet for telehealth, despite not being compliant with Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, also known as HIPAA. Health and Human Services also expanded Medicare coverage for audio-only service and weighed the requirement that patients have an established relationship with a provider before receiving telehealth services. So as we can see, bending these rules was very beneficial to both a physician and consumer, changing how we access care and how it was provided. Now, I have mentioned the Medicare rules and Medicare recipients a few times, and you may be asking, why should I care about the rules Medicare passes as I'm not a Medicare recipient? Well, there are two reasons for this. One, Medicare, along with some other sources, creates a fee schedule for how the provider you see is paid. The contracts your provider has with a health insurance company is based on this Medicare fee schedule. Two, The rules Medicare establishes for their recipients in terms of covering procedures like telehealth 
are policies your commercial insurance company will typically abide by as well. So whether you're 35 or 65 or on an HMO, PPO, or POS plan, the rules Medicare implements impact your your care as well. So what have been the impacts of the relaxed rules? Well, at the onset of the COVID pandemic, both physicians and patients embraced telehealth in April 2020. In fact, the number of virtual visits was a stunning 78 times higher than it had been two months earlier, accounting for nearly one-third of outpatient visits. In May of 2021, we continue to see a rise, with 88% of consumers saying that they had used telehealth services at some point since covid Physicians also felt dramatically more comfortable with virtual care and were pleased that there was an option that they could at least continue to see their patients versus not seeing them at all. However, as of mid-2021, we've seen some changes where consumers are changing how they access care from its earlier COVID peak and utilization. In fact, it was down 38 times pre-COVID levels. Also, more physicians were offering telehealth, but recommending in-person care when, when possible. In 2021, we, which could suggest that physicians may be gravin, gravitating away from telehealth and would prefer a return to in-person visits. The reduction in telehealth visits could also be that just in general, some prefer to have a face-to-face visit or individuals are frustrated with a not-so-great technology. I recall I had one telehealth visit with my primary care provider who is with a large healthcare system. Yet when I used the telehealth option, the video didn't work or my provider could not hear me. At one time, my my provider opted to disconnect and just call me direct, which I appreciated, but admittedly, I was frustrated with the inefficiencies of technology. So with these continued, with the continued temporary relaxed rules, with only the promise of we will evaluate the rules at the end of each year to see if we will extend telehealth rules permanently, I understand the concerns of providers not wanting to invest in in expensive technology coupled with patient skepticism of using this technology. So where do we go from here? Telehealth future state. Now at the end of 1231-2023, which I know at this point in time seems a while away, but at that time, decision makers are faced with making decisions that will dictate the future of telehealth. Most will lose access to telehealth services unless they live in rural areas or enroll in Medicare Advantage programs or if the commercial payers opt to still offer the services, even if Medicare does not, will lose access after 2023 unless some intervention is made. So what are the concerns about continuing telehealth? Well, one, the provider's ability to diagnose a patient remotely. It is not always possible for providers to properly assess and diagnose conditions through phone calls or Zoom alone. This means that often many patients who sit for a remote consultation then need to follow up in person. I still tend to agree that telehealth is a great option, and providers will assess the patient and recommend the patient come in for a face-to-face if telehealth is not providing the care they need or there's a communication barrier, etc. Number two, there are also accessibility issues because not everyone has access to a high-quality mobile device or personal computer that they can use in a private, secure space with a stable internet connection. And there are others who have difficulty using computers altogether. Three, for providers, it is the requirement investing in quality platforms. 
In my other role of physician consulting, I've heard many group groups share their concern about investing in a telehealth platform if there's not a permanent decision made about telehealth being made long-term. The other concern is the reimbursement that allows providers to pay for the investment in telehealth platforms while serving you. That said, here's the bottom line. As the old saying goes, the toothpaste is already out of the tube, meaning there's no going back and physicians and consumers I have talked to don't want to not have telehealth as an option. So what's next to make sure telehealth is part of the future with permanency and what are the impacts it could have on healthcare? So in terms of what's next, number one, the groundwork of the last few years is foundational in providing knowledge to leverage for potential progress in 2023 and beyond. We can start by evaluating what worked and what didn't, identify those pain points and determine how we can best address them. Number two, integration and technology, I believe will be essential. Integrating existing virtual options and expanding on technology to enhance telehealth services is key. For example, there are multiple elements to the full picture of caring for a patient using telehealth. There's remote patient monitoring, there are decentralized clinical trials, and there's telehealth. These are somewhat intermingled today, but not enough, and each can positively influence the others for better patient outcomes. Here's an example. Remote patient monitoring consists of those connected medical devices and sensors or mobile devices, so let's say like a Fitbit or Apple Watch, synced up with cloud platforms to monitor and store data and analyze information. The technology can help provide essential information specific, specific for a particular condition and present it in a way that's understandable and actionable for you and your provider. This could be monitoring your blood pressure or heart rate and tracking over time, sending the stats to your provider, and then having a telehealth call to discuss the results and confirm, is the medication you are currently taking working or is an adjustment needed? Integrating um, remote patient monitoring with telehealth can have significant impacts on your health and the communication with your provider. I covered more on this topic in episode three, Healthcare Disruptors, Changing How You Access and Afford Healthcare Needs. I'll add a link to it in the show notes. Now, continuing on with telehealth future state, number three, hospital to home. The next five to 10 years, we will see more and more healthcare services move from the hospital to the home as we work to to decrease healthcare spend. A hospital stay is far more expensive than care in the home. And in fact, being at home may be the preferred choice anyway. This relieves the pressure on our hospital systems and provides more choices for the consumer to be seen by a provider via telehealth options. Number four, tech giant takeovers with innovative healthcare platform options. As mentioned earlier, there needs to be improvement with telehealth platforms in terms of efficiency and cost. I believe we'll see the big players like the Google and the Amazon and other tech companies coming forward with more reliable platforms that are easier to use and protect your data. Number five, behavioral health and holistic health. Telehealth can help support opportunities to shift more complex aspects of care to the patient's home and to the patient's preferred mode of communication, whether this is through a chat bot text or telehealth visit to get care in a less intimidating environment and just in time without the long waits. 
Also, the use of behavioral insights will help build holistic care environment, one that truly integrates physical, social, and mental health to create well-being. To wrap, imagine a health system that applies insights to patients and their care, a health system that goes beyond monitoring a patient's vitals with remote diagnostics and assisting with medication management. A health system that is empowered to embed real community and real-time care and helps patients wherever they are at, whether it's a rural location or a person is isolated and prefers non-face-to-face or simply wants to have more control over monitoring their health. And finally, enhancing the provider and patient relationship with telehealth. It is my hope that our decision makers see this view when it comes to making final decisions at the end of 2023. I hope this has been helpful. Make sure and check out the resources if you would like to learn more. And if you believe this information would be helpful to others, I appreciate you sharing. In our next episode, we are going to highlight the top healthcare apps and trends for 2023 that you can use to better manage your care. Until then, get savvy. (laughs) 